Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. We've made it to episode 150. To celebrate this huge milestone, we're dedicating the next two episodes to our Skill Corps volunteer program. For almost 20 years, the Global Autism Project has been providing sustainable clinical, administrative, and leadership training to autism centers around the world seeking guidance. Our Skill Corps volunteer program is an opportunity for self-advocates, family members, and professionals to travel to our international partner sites and collaborate with local stakeholders on outreach initiatives specific to their communities. Last July, I led our Skill Corps team to visit our partners at Sorum in Chandigarh, India. Sorum has been a partner with the Global Autism Project since 2010. In today's episode, you'll hear from our CEO, Molly Ola Pini, our partner at Sorum, Sangeeta Jain, and several community members who attended two outreach events we hosted in Delhi. There, we met with autistic self-advocates and their family members, as well as various NGO representatives who are doing incredible work in order to make employment accessible for autistic adults in India. Next week, you'll hear from some of our Skill Corps team members about their personal experiences and takeaways. As you probably know if you follow our work closely, we're sending two teams out in the field this October to collaborate with our partners in Kenya and Rwanda, and we're currently taking applications for travel in 2024. Join us today at skillcore.globalautismproject.org and use the coupon code AUTISMPODCAST to waive the application fee. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our online community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you Skillcore India. Here's our CEO, Molly, talking about the Global Autism Project's model of Do With Not For, why we highlight listening to autistic voices on skill core trips, and the type of applicants we're looking for. SkillCore is our signature program here at the Global Autism Project. It is a program that allows the entire global community to come together to create a truly inclusive world with the autistic community. What we've learned over the years is that training doesn't really address the systemic need for inclusive workplaces, inclusive schools, and just community inclusion in general. It's a great start, but what we do on these trips is create environments and experiences where we're able to work towards a more inclusive society in general. So for example, you may go to an event, a dinner, or in India, we did a tea that is with autistic self-advocates and really fostering that conversation. I think that what we're learning as society and what we really want clinicians and those working with the autistic community to know that the listening is the work. That being there and listening and taking it in and being guided in your clinical decisions by what we're hearing from the autistic community is really, really important. Another thing you may do is go to dinner with entrepreneurs in the area who want to employ the autistic community, but they're not really sure where to start. And sometimes they're not sure where to start in a practical sense in terms of how do we have the supports available to make this work? And sometimes they're not sure where to start in terms of how to meet the people who are looking for employment. You know, the underemployment and unemployment of the autistic community is a global issue. It's not just something that we're dealing with here in the U.S. And I think that's one of the very cool parts about Skill Corps is that our members go out, they have these experiences, they engage in these different opportunities, they co-create these different experiences, and they're able to then bring them back to their homes and create something similar within their own communities. So it really becomes a global movement. You know, it's a global community of visionaries, of change makers, and of advocates. I think one of the coolest things that I've heard from a recent alum is he said, you know, I went out on the trip as a clinician and I came back as an advocate. 
And that's just so incredibly important that we do advocate for an inclusive world, that we do advocate for following the lead of the autistic community in our work as clinicians. You know, another event we may do would be with a parent advocacy group. And sometimes they're parents who are not yet, they haven't connected with each other yet. They haven't formed the relationships within their community. You have to keep in mind that in the countries where we work, autism is extraordinarily stigmatized. And so the work that we're doing by just having these parents connect with each other, it's really huge, right? And most of the change that we have seen around the world in any community with disabilities has come from the parents. And that's true, too, in the places that we go and work. And so, you know, while it may seem like, oh, we're just meeting some parents and having a little meal, what we're actually doing is so much more than that. We're beginning to help build the relationships to create parent advocacy. We're beginning to help create the relationships to really create systemic change within that community. You know, what we're doing on these trips is cultivating a community of advocates, professionals, and families who truly understand the importance of doing with and not for the global autistic community. We have for years talked about doing with and not for our partners around the world. And I think, you know, through the incredible work you've done with the podcast and a lot of the learning that we've done as an organization, because we started 20 years ago, it was very different landscape 20 years ago. When I asked the WHO about autism rates worldwide, they were sort of like, who cares? Like, why would you ask? Why is this relevant? You know, there's so many more pressing things in these countries. And so now we are starting to see the shift towards, you know, services provided. And, you know, the WHO has done some work with autism now, which 20 years ago, you couldn't have even imagined. But I think what we now need to really get is the importance of this do with not for model as it relates specifically to the autistic community and to really just create a new paradigm of advocacy in the world in general. As I said, we're creating a global community of visionaries and change makers and advocates. It's not just us over here and them over there. These experiences, when you're in country, when you're part of Skill Corps, you're truly working as part of a global community. You're working alongside our partners. You're working alongside the autistic community. It's not us over here going and doing things for them over there. And I think that just speaks to as well, it's very much a two-way street in terms of the learning that's happening. You know, we do not go in purporting to be some sort of experts in what we're doing. We really go in with an open heart and an open mind to learn with the community to see how best to serve the needs of that community. So the importance of our efforts really being led and being done with and not for the global community is, of course, towards that end of sustainability. Whatever it is that we're working on, we want to make sure, you know, if we're planting seeds with, for instance, an entrepreneur, we're planting seeds with teachers and educators that it's not just planting seeds and hoping for the best, that it's really building a relationship, that it's building something long-term, that it's cultivating relationships within their own community. We can sort of think about it, you know, if you just plant one tree by itself, it may grow. If you go and plant a tree in the forest, it's more likely to grow, right? So I think it's really more about that. The most important piece to us is that whatever we're doing, whatever activities that we're engaged in while we're in the community, that those are able to be built upon when we leave. You know, a lot of people have asked me over the years, like, wow, how do you get the buy-in that you get around the world? And it's always this really perplexing question to me because we're not really going for buy-in, right? What we actually do is co-create. And as a result, our partners have significant ownership. They literally own their companies. <laughs> you know, I mean, they it's theirs and we co-create and we work with them and we based on what it is that they want and they need in their community. And so, you know, just this idea of taking this model, not just from a standalone autism center, but into the community at large, just has much, much greater opportunity for further reaching impact and sustainability too. So when people ask me who travels with us, right, it can be anybody who has personal or professional experience with autism. That's really the most important thing. From autistic public speakers to early childhood teachers to art therapists, self-advocates, career coaches, BCBAs, SLPs, OTs, 
I mean, it's really about that personal or professional experience with autism. Some of the most incredible ideas I've seen in the field have come from self-advocates, people with autistic siblings. So that coming together, that working together, it provides a unique opportunity. You know, a lot of times we're very siloed in terms of clinicians over here and families over there, and oftentimes the autistic client outside of all of the conversation. And so the idea is to create this more inclusive, this more holistic, this frankly more effective way of working together. And I think more than that, Skillcore really is, it's about exploration, exploration of self, exploration of humanity, of connection, and of endless possibility. I really can't underscore the importance of that self-reflection and exploration that happens in the field. You know, we do exit interviews with everybody who does our program, and I'm always blown away at what has occurred for people in the weeks following their trip. You know, they had this amazing time, they learned so much, they did all this stuff, but in the weeks following, when they really get into reflecting back on what they truly did, it's really exciting to see that. So we have often said that your journey begins the moment you hit apply for Skill Core. We know that for a lot of people, because they've told us they him and haw for years and they're not sure if they're going to be a fit and they're not sure if they have the confidence and imposter syndrome strikes in. So we say, you know, the moment you hit apply, you took that step. We have actually taken that a step further. And the moment you hit apply, you're in your interview, you have your welcome call, and then you join our impact and action curriculum before your trip. So leading up to your trip, you're getting that coaching that it supports you in your fundraising journey. But even more than that, it supports you in your journey for personal transformation. It supports you in your journey for professional development. And so that's all part of the experience. So that when you do get into the country, you are comfortable in that environment. You've already tried on some of these ideas. You've already had some connection and relationship building with your team before you get there. And so that's a really important component as well. And when I talked to those people who him and hawed and they weren't sure if Skill Corps was a fit for them, you know, and I asked them, what would you tell someone who's in the same position as you are right now, where they're kind of going back and forth, not sure if it's a fit, imposter syndrome, not sure if they're really the one to make a difference. They always say, I wish I would have done it sooner. They always say, do it now. You know, and the reason that I've had the opportunity to learn so much from the people who sat on the fence for years is these are often the people who really advanced in our program and they've joined different leadership opportunities. and They've actually led trips for us. So I think that it has a unique way of really just uncovering the potential that everybody has. Our Skillcore trip to India was a journey of listening, collaborating, and empowering. We spent the first half of the week in Delhi, where, together with Soram, we hosted two special events, a self-advocate high tea and an NGO dinner. The second half of the week was in Chandigarh, where we spent time with our partners at Soram. Throughout the trip, our Skillcore team engaged in leadership activities to hone in on skills that they could use back home to serve their own communities. We also immersed ourselves in Indian culture, exploring a historical tomb, shopping at a night market, and enjoying delicious local cuisine. Between the magic and beauty of India and the friendly smiles we were greeted with everywhere we went, each day left us feeling moved, surprised, and inspired. A huge thank you to our Global Autism Project partners, Sangeeta, Archana, and all the staff at Soram for extending the warmest hospitality to us. Here are Sangeeta and I reflecting on the trip. Hi, I'm Sangeeta Jain. I'm Executive Director and Principal in Sorum. This Sorum is a beautiful, my happy place and everyone's happy place in Chandigarh, northern part of India. We have about 200 children and adults on spectrum and other intellectual disabilities, starting from age 2 years to 40 years. So we have all sorts of programs. The most important part is I'm a mom of a 24-year-old who is on spectrum. So Sangeeta, you know, looking back on this trip that our Skillcore team just finished in India, how would you say you've grown personally and professionally from this experience? It was totally coming out of my comfort zones and believing in what I can do. And I was so limited to Chandigarh since the past few years. And when I went to Kenya, I met with the self-advocates there. And then when I was like, as we all determined on the last day, what are you taking back to your home, to your community? And it was like, we're going to create a similar platform. And But when I came back, I started 
exploring in Chandigarh, like who are all working, who are offering jobs. Of course, I've been doing this since few years, but we did take a little backseat. And then again, I started, this was again an inspiration and I just couldn't find, I mean, I would be very honest that I could not find too many people or just or two, three people. And those, one of them also said like, no, we really don't want to say this, that he's on spectrum. And I was like, I don't know what we are trying and achieving here. And then all of a sudden I said like, how does it really matter even if it is not in Chandigarh? Let's go and do it in Delhi because I knew in Delhi, I was visiting Delhi to, you know, learn like what kind of job opportunities are people getting on the spectrum and meeting with the NGOs, with the entrepreneurs. So I said, it's not looking back. It's not about what I can do at Sorum. It's we have to do it at a bigger platform. And maybe this is what is required at this point. But it wasn't very easy. When I went to meet people, I started speaking and everyone was like, why are you doing this? What's your agenda? So on, everyone wanted detailed everything. But I could see in myself that patiently I was getting into, you know, the talks which probably I would have never done. And I was explaining to them, to the self-advocates, to the NGOs, to the entrepreneurs, one by one speaking them, explaining what we are trying to achieve over here. The most beautiful part was speaking with few self-advocates that I would have never ever done, gone out found them, spoke to them. So this is totally my growth to understand about their journey, what's going on in their life. That was something that I would say I've learned so much as professionally and personally also. It was my own comfort zone, speaking with new people, talking with self-advocates, how to navigate the talk, how to bring them to, you know, back to what we had talking about was for me on my learning thing. The bigger picture and the vision for us is that one day at Sorum, we will probably inviting from all over Chandigarh, self-advocates. And I'll be very proud if I can have so many self-advocates speaking for themselves from Sorum at that event. So I definitely want everyone to excel. But yes, because since Sorum is my baby now, so I feel that I want to really, really work there and have so many self-advocates and provide the training and collaborate with the entrepreneurs and think about that. How can we help them, the companies, the bigger companies and our adults to, you know, go and work there. Mm-hmm. So definitely have big, big plans and we have to make it possible in 2024. So next year, when Skill Corp comes, it's like Chandigarh. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not uh, Delhi. Although there's no problem with Delhi, but then yes, definitely. The idea was to start in Delhi and bring back home all those success stories to Chandigarh at Saurabh also. Right. This time, I did feel like when you talked about the personal front, it was like I was not appointed as a leader or anything anything but I did feel at times that when I had to take a lead there was a kind of a leader that was speaking from within that okay if I was feeling that something is not going okay at the events or whatever was so I was able to take the responsibility without getting any appointment and then still listen to people I felt like a leader at that time so maybe that was personal growth for me yeah you are a leader Sangeeta Always, not just at that time. So Mm -hmm. it was really great actually seeing you kind of blossom throughout the trip. You know, I remember the first event, a little bit unsure still. And then the second event, taking the lead as, you know, co-hosting together. And by the time we went to the parent training in Chandigarh, you were the one leading that training. Our team was just there to support you. You know, and a big part of our mission is empowering the experts in the communities, and that's you. And so this is, you know, in line with our model of do with, not for. So really, it was just so nice to see you really being the one talking to your parents. Our team was just there kind of providing some information, and then you really went deeper with them and provoked people to really think about things. So it was great to see. Thank you so much. 
At the Self-Advocate High Tea, we elevated and celebrated autistic strengths, creating a safe space for sharing lived experiences. Here are autistic self-advocates Akash Vanjani and Aditya Hari Rao talking about how to improve employment for autistics and what they enjoyed about attending the events in Delhi. I am Akash Vanjani and I am working in SAP Labs India Private Limited in Gurgaon. I have done my B.Tech from Triple IT Delhi. I am actually a software developer as my designation and I was diagnosed with autism in the at the age of 6 years I, my number one concern for autistic people in in India is that actually means a uh, whole world is going towards like first uh, school then college then employment but we are not uh, actually trying to figure out what does the uh, what does our child want what does autistic child what does he want to do means it's not like everybody should be going through this phase school college and employment we should actually try to figure out like everybody has some strengths and everybody has some weaknesses so we we should always find out what does that actually autistic child or an individual want to do somebody may be very good in, in playing guitar or somebody may be very good in painting and we don't encourage that we just want them to do like others like school college and employment this is something which is not actually good fits everyone so instead of like trying to push everyone like all autistic individuals to get to school college and employment we should actually try to find out what are their strengths what are their talents and what do they want to do in life and then help them encourage them to to into generalizing their own strengths because like we always do job for all this is we are which, which which we are doing school college and employment is for earning money and earning a living supporting your family these things can be done even far far from those things also like somebody who is a good painter can sell the paintings and he can still support his family so we should actually try to figure out what are the strengths and talking about like like autism in workplace of course i am also i had under the under policy for autistic people so this policy should be there in all the companies not just sap labs like i i salute sap labs for having this policy and encourage like every other company should have these policies like all not even it companies every company should be having so these are these are my takes on of having employment with people with autism and that we should not that summarizing that we should not just focus on employment we should always focus on channelizing the strengths in the right direction so that actually you can you not only just uh, support your family you can get through the go through the major success also because if you see that all successful people like like with offer or with autism like bill gates steve jobs and all they were also like they have been doing they are very very successful and they were diagnosed with autism and they channelized the strengths and they steve jobs he started a business like which apple which is actually actually every people were having iphone so this is something which even autistic individuals can do and we never support that we always want them to actually go through that same thing school college and then job so we should actually a channel help them channelize the strengths in the right direction and try to find out what do they want to do i attended global autism events in july and my experience was great i am really happy that i could put forward my views in front of all other people who are struggling with their autistic children and even autistic people who are struggling with their life my experience was great and once again thank you so much for giving me a an opportunity to share my points of course i am and i am writing a book for like creating inclusive duniya for autistic people i'm really happy that this is what i got an idea of course before that also i was writing a book but i got the idea of inclusive duniya from after attending all these events and thank you so much everyone for giving me this idea and opportunity to share my views points and uh, if in future you want me to say to share some recording or create a video i'll be really happy to do so this is my mission that i want to create an inclusive duniya where autistic people are not actually forced to fit with the majority instead they uh, people embrace their strengths and they try to and they help them channelize their strengths to achieve great success thank you hi my name is aditya i am based in delhi ncr and i live in gurugram actually i have my own business in sector 56 and it's a food and beverages type of business It's a fast food restaurant called My Choice Burger and my number one concern related to employment for autistics in India and the ideas that I have to improve this is that the starting salaries in India are very low generally for even mainstream people the starting salaries are low and even for and probably for autistic people they're even lower so um 
I think we've got a lot of work to do to improve the salary structure and give more salary to people who are working in India, give a higher salary. The ideas I have to improve this are, you know, to generate more employment, have create more businesses, also to improve the economy of the country. Uh, we, we also need to uh, vote more responsibly in this country. I do believe we, we should vote more responsibly and elect better politicians to run the country. And also one more thing, uh, when I say vote responsibly, is I think is I do think it's better not to vote than to vote irresponsibly. So if you do, if you're not sure whom to vote for, if you don't have an idea, or you if, if you've not done your research during elections, I think it's better not to vote, in my opinion. And what was it like for me to event uh, attend the Global Autism Project event in Delhi? It was very good. It was very nice and. I enjoyed hearing the people speak and their different perspectives and what they're trying to do for the autistic community, not just in India and across the globe. I enjoyed hearing some of the singing, some of the people, some, a few of the singers sang very well. So that's about it. Thank you very much. The NGO dinner was full of big ideas to bring down barriers preventing gainful employment for autistic people. We listened to various NGO representatives talk about some of the challenges they're still facing and then later met in smaller groups to brainstorm possible solutions. Here are NGO representatives Mary Barua, Nina Wag, and Surender Singh sharing their perspectives. Hi, I'm Mary Barua and I have a son, Neeraj, who is autistic. And uh, Neeraj is the reason why I switched careers and came into this area and I started Action for Autism 30 years back from my spare bedroom. It wasn't meant to be Action for Autism. It was just some work I was doing to kind of support families, create awareness, bring about change in one of the new laws that was coming about. And over a period of time, the work that I was doing kind of morphed into this organization, Action for Autism, which continued to grow organically and has now become an organization that has a widespread of activities. So we work with individuals across the spectrum, across ages from, you know, 12 months to 70 years old, all of every kind of ability and skill levels. The services we provide include right from early identification to diagnostic assessments, we do early intervention, schooling. We run a special needs school. We work in inclusive education. We run professional development courses. We run a very well-known parent empowerment program, which kind of facilitated, I mean, not just that, but other programs also has facilitated the startup of services across the country and beyond. And in fact, that has always been one of our aims that we are not going to run a very massive organization, but in everything we do, we will work to create models for replication so more facilities and services can come up in different places. And that is what we have facilitated in doing. And so there are multiple organizations running in different places. We also run a sheltered workplace. We work in employment. And in fact, in recent years, our focus has widened to include adults because that was a deeply neglected area of work. So we work in employment as well. We work with various companies placing adults in employment. We do employment readiness programs and on-the-job training, job support, etc., etc. In addition to all of this, we work in advocacy and bringing about changes in policies and laws that would be for autistic people. In fact, we've got autism into the major, all the major legislation, disability legislation in the country. In everything that we do, our focus has always been on ensuring the rights of persons with autism and ensuring that persons with autism and their families are able to, yes, access their rights and lead the most inclusive lives possible as much as every other citizen of the country. I would say one of the biggest barriers related to employment for autistic people would be the perception that continues of autistic people being individuals who are very difficult and who would really not be able to be employed. 
And that is the kind of perception a lot of employers have, which we have to work on changing. The other kind of perception that a lot of people have is, and employers go in with, is that, oh, they're very easy people. You know, some of them are so talented and you can just take them on. So when you when they take them on without a real understanding of what the support requirements of the individual would be, they sometimes run into trouble. And then they decide that, oh, autistic people are unemployable. You can't really take them on. What employers do not want to see is that just like they have to provide accommodations for every wheelchair user in the company or every employee who is blind. Similarly, autistic people require environmental accommodations, just like other people with disabilities. That is something employers often do not see because they don't see the autism. It's not visible. So because the person seems to be physiologically like everybody else, they expect them to start acting non-autistic or rather in their kind of lingo, they should act normal. Right. Now, that is not something they would ever expect a wheelchair user to do, to start acting like somebody who doesn't need to use a wheelchair. But that is the expectation that employers have from a lot of autistic people. So it is very important for employers to understand that, yes, this is a disability. These are people with great capabilities, but they would require environmental adaptations, just like anybody who's got any disability. And because there is such a strong focus on the behavioral aspect, so there is always this thing that, oh, you know, they have challenging behaviors and what do we do about the challenging behavior? What employers need to understand and what people who imagine they're supporting them need to understand is that autistic people don't have behaviors. Whatever behaviors they have, come because the environment is not supportive of them. If the environment was supportive of autistic people, they would not have the so-called behaviors. Because we do not provide the environment that they require, then they have behaviors and then they say, oh, we need to do behavior modification. We don't need to do that. We just need to make the environment autism friendly, just as we would make a work environment friendly for deaf colleagues or blind colleagues, or colleagues who are wheelchair users. The same is what we have to do for autistic people. Until that understanding is brought to employers and is also there in a lot of the people who are supposedly supporting autistic people in employment, but not really understanding that, till that changes, this will continue to be a huge, huge obstacle in employment for our autistic citizens. Thank you. I'm a writer, playwright, and a poet, and a translator. And I have been involved with the autism advocacy from the past 20 years. I am a founder of a non-government organization called ALAP, Assisted Living for Autistic Persons. And uh, we provide assisted living space. We have created a, a group home for uh, young adults on the autism spectrum. The biggest barrier related to employment for autistic persons in India is that they have missed the boat as far as the education is concerned, the formal education in an inclusive environment. We are yet to reach that space where we give equal opportunities in terms of basic education. And since there has been a missed opportunity because of that, two generations of autistic people are in want of any kind of skills and they are totally dependent on the families because there is a gap between the schooling system and not enough spaces to do the skilling for them. Forget that. We have not yet even figured out as to this entire generation, what are the areas in which they can really work and explore them. So we need those spaces to be filled in after the schooling age. If there are many I think almost around 80% of the population which cannot go to colleges. But where are the spaces where they will be learning any skills? And those skills 
cannot be you know just based on our own imagination those skills have to be industry specific and there is no agency which is actually trying to identify or trying to do the right matches vis-a-vis the autistic adults and those companies or those sectors where they can be employed or the skills can be outsourced and given to them in a sheltered environment. So the best thing would be to identify sectors and out of those sectors, those jobs which can be picked up and for which the autistic adults can be trained. So those mapping has to be done, which is missing. So this is where I feel that when we talk about the big corporations talking about their social responsibility, because in India we have this thing called CSR, which is corporate social responsibility. So right now what is happening is that they are just giving donations to XYZ NGOs, but that is not really helping them out. Because as a person at the receiving end, I feel that we want to learn how to fish. We don't want to be always looking for fish to come into our hands. So if we can join hands and meet halfway through their own CSR programs, where they can identify certain areas which can be opened up, other than the IT, because everybody cannot be into ITs and software. Every autistic person is not a genius who can crack codes. There are a lot of population which is just average who can do repetitive jobs, but even those jobs are not available. So we need to do the handholding with the job creators, with the wealth creators. When we say we, meaning people like us who are the spokespersons or who are involved with vocational training, assisted living, and we need to create more of such training centers and do the right mapping, then do the matching, then the skilling, and then we can talk about providing the jobs. At least that is what I feel we need to at least look into, which is not being actually looked at on a proper scale. My friend, a mother and a fellow traveler, Sangeeta Jain had invited me to the Global Autism Project and was introduced to the amazing, amazing group of people who had come across from all over the world. And I had the opportunity to meet Daniel, of course, for the second time because we had met in Dubai and the recently held autism conference. Then I met Rachel and Jennifer and TJ. And I think we connected from the word go. And I think it made me wonder that why do we have this false sense of separation? Because we are part of one whole. And when you meet fellow travelers who are on the same path, they may have different language, different sensibilities, different culture. But at the end of the day, at the soul level, we are all driven by the main objective or goal to create a better and more inclusive world where our people whom we represent, the people on the autism spectrum, can live and enjoy the life like you and me. And I think this amazing, amazing body called Global Autism Project is um, a wonderful and a very, very right platform to take this objective ahead. And I'm very, very pleased and happy. And actually, I feel honored to become, to be now part of it. And uh, I hope that I will meet more and more amazing individuals who are contributing towards bringing this sense of wholeness bit by bit, step by step. Good morning, myself Surinder. My nickname is Bobby and I am associated with Muskan organization for last 16 years. And as a senior employment manager, my key job roles and responsibility is to develop different kind of training module for young adults with intellectual and developmental disability in terms of vocational and skilling training to train them and at the end to place them in different hospitality, retail, IT sector uh, in mainstream and for mainstream employment. 
Muskan is a parent and professional organization and established in 1982. For last four decades, Muskan provides different kind of services for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities as well as for their family member and for siblings. As we all know, in the field of disability, especially intellectual and developmental disabilities, very rare people come forward and provide the right kind of training and especially for the adults and muskan purely provide their training for young adults we are providing our services for from starting age from 16 years to 6060 years and uh, we set over a period three different kind of employment model model number 1 supported employment within muskan as we all know more than 60 to 70% of our young adults with idd they are more comfortable and they are giving their best in kind of supported workplace as a team they can work under a umbrella or under a roof under the guidance of special educator and vocational trainer the model number 2 is supported employment within muskan for very high support needed people so most of the parents and the professional they think ki the people with high support need they are not capable to do any kind of vocational training but in muskan we create we develop such kind of model for high support needed people and they are involving in different kind of vocational training program and as per their ability they generate that kind of production and helping in different areas and our high demanding model number 3 is mainstream employment outside muskan so it's kind of dream come true for us in 2013 when our partner lamentry approaches and after lamentry success lots of employer partners came forward and they partnering with us and during this period we place over 80 young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities in their different sectors and we are happily and proudly share that they all are work equally like other person without disabilities and our sop or you can say usp is we believe on the quality we are not believe on charity or sympathy if i am talking about mainstream employment for autistic people yes if for last 10 years we place around 5 to 10% autistic young adults young adults with autistic in different mncs and in uh, hospitality sector also so uh, like i am not a autistic expert but i am expert in the field of intellectual and developmental disability but over a period when i interact with autistic folk and uh, their parents and when i get the opportunities to place a few of our friend with autistic in hospitality industry i proudly say and uh, our friend with autism they break the myth when lots of professional and people are saying ki autistic folk only work at back end like they are finding difficulties if we are place them in front kind of job where lots of interaction and other things are involved but i am proudly say till date wherever we place our young adults with autism they are working in front line they are interacting with customer they are interacting with their team member and no one can identify and just ki they are they have any kind of difficulties yes sometimes as a human being like you and me also need some kind of support or guidance so they also need the same kind of guidance and support but again they prove ki if we are not draw any line they can break any kind of barrier they can jump anywhere they can do any kind of work but if we set our mind or if we like kind of create this kind of things ki you no know, people with autism required only back end job so that's not true so again the most important thing before place any kind of idd or neurodiverse people we need to conduct sensitization program for the employer partners so that they can understand ki what kind of environmental adjustment or work adjustment they need to do at their end as well as for making this mainstream employment success there is a four key pillar number 1 ngo partner and job coach number 2 employer partner 
number 3 parents and the most important our friends if i am saying friends friends means my friends with disabilities if any pillars are not playing their role in a proper way so we can't make this project success for example if ngo partner they are not sending their job coach for doing the job coaching for on the job training or helping the partners team and conduct the sensitization so you can't make this project success as well as if i am talking about the employer partner if the employer meant partner from their top to bottom and their team are not seeing the same kind of vision if they are not that much sensitized then you can't make this project success same with the parents and the candidate if parents are not taking the responsibility for their picking and drop and can provide other kind of facilities so that their work smoothly reach their workplace and uh, without any hassle and difficulties uh, their work doing uh, smoothly work and same the candidate if you are not providing the right kind of pre employment training kind of soft skills life skills training so we can't make them success so these are the four key pillars who make any kind of uh, mainstream employment model success the best and important point regarding the global autism projects event in delhi which you people are organize first of all i appreciate the way you people are organized in a systematic way and the best part regarding this event is the self advocate when they start and sharing their journey it's awesome because as a rehab professional most of the time we are listening we are heard we read about the limitation of autism okay and most of the time we make some circle and we set our mind about autism but the way different self advocate they share about their journey about their challenges how they overcome it's amazing it's really it's my heart in the way they are in a, with full confidence they are sharing about how they like uh, struggled throughout their schooling college time and during the training time but they never ever give up and the way they are motivated other self advocate as well as the rehab professional i salute each and every self advocate because on particular day i learn lots about autism and the way they can like uh, stand for themselves and like as a rehab professional how i can change my mind in future whenever i like deal or whenever i trained any self advocate with autism so i really once again appreciate global autism project the way they are organizing this event i request global autism team to please organize such kind of event not only in india or delhi but in all over world and please always bring self advocates so that they can share their journey sometime you can bring topic related to schooling or education related like this time you are uh, your focus about mainstream so thank you very much once again global autism team and uh, i would be happy whenever you people give me chance be part of your team i am always available for that thank you very much during our time in delhi we stayed at red fox a lemon tree hotel we chose this particular accommodation because they train and employ autistic adults here's aradhana lal from lemon tree talking about their successful employment initiative. Hi, my name is Aradhna Lal. Everybody calls me Al. I'm heading sustainability and ESG at Lemantry Hotels in India. We've been doing inclusion work at our hotels since 2007. That makes it 16 years, and our company is 20 years old. In fact, I'm one of the founding team members here. We have found that in our diversity and inclusion program, we have been able to hire people with additional support needs or with disability and we have done this across a number of disabilities in fact also we engage with people from the economically and socially marginalized backgrounds including orphans widows people who are school dropouts transgender and more in the disability area we've been hiring people who are deaf or speech and hearing impaired people who have low vision those who have an orthopedic or locomotor disability In the last 10 years we've also done work with the intellectual and developmental disabilities like down syndrome slow learner mild mr and of course with autism in the case of these intellectual and developmental disabilities we run an internship program where a young adult with autism or with down syndrome is brought in as a small group and they do an internship for about 6 months to a year 
The purpose is to teach them all the tasks that they need to do here on our premises with the help of a strategic NGO partner, someone, an organization who works in that space, who either works with autism or works with Down syndrome, etc. The reason is we need their knowledge and their skills in the area of training because we are hoteliers and we don't understand these disabilities very well. So we need their support. During the internship, we use a method of role play and we're teaching them uh, visually, actually. So we show them how the task has to be done. We ask them to show it back to us. And then we are able to correct them in any area that they might be making a mistake. We have found that these internships have worked very, very well because the success rate is high. And we've also been able to do this in different parts of India, like Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore. Another aspect I wanted to tell you about was We've been doing best practice sharing for a number of years with many different companies and industries across the hospitality sector, retail sector, e-commerce, finance, insurance, even manufacturing and a number of other sectors. Also, we've been able to share our model of inclusion within India and outside India. Specifically, we've been working with people in Glasgow and UK, with Singapore and with Switzerland, with the International Labour Organization. This has been going on over the last seven, eight years, and we find that it's a very enriching experience where we are able to share our best practices and we are also able to learn from the partners in the other countries. If there's anything else you would like to know about our organization, please do be in touch with me. My email ID is svp underscore sustainability at lemontreehotels.com. Thank you very much. Our Skill Corps team also took a day trip to Palwal to visit Sharia Foundation Trust, or SFT for short, a vocational and residential facility leading the way for adult services in their community. In this next clip, I talked to Saksi Sharma from SFT about her passion for this work. Greetings, I'm Sakshi from Sharia Foundation Trust. I'm Head of Public Diplomacy and Inclusivity Head at the NGO. I'm an educational psychologist by profession and I love my journey at Shaurya. It has indeed been a very, very important journey all through my career. And uh, it is very, very rewarding to see uh, young trainees getting higher and higher in their skills with each passing day. Great. And could you tell us a little bit about Shaurya Foundation? Of course. So Shaurya Foundation Trust is a non-profit organization that works towards enabling economic development and independent living solutions for neurodiverse young adults. We provide functional trainings in the field of bakery, packaging, art, digital skills, and sous chef training. We have been working relentlessly in the field of intellectual disability for more than a decade now. It is an ecosystem that has individuals from all across the disability spectrum who completes each other harmoniously under one roof. We have been very lucky to have the whole variety of disabilities under one roof. And it is beautiful how each one of them sort of completes each other like a perfect piece of puzzle. Wonderful. Yeah, and we were able to visit Sharia Foundation Trust during our recent Skill Corps trip to India. So what was that like for you and the self-advocates at some of the events that we hosted? For example, the self-advocate high tea and the entrepreneurial dinner. The high tea was indeed a very, very important event for all our neurodiverse trainees. They were preparing for it for like two weeks in advance. They were very excited to be a part of such an event. It is indeed a major life skill for them to be a part of such formal settings. And they were very excited about their roles at the event. They have been preparing about how their journeys have been. And they've been practicing their speeches. They've been discussing about what we want to share or what songs we would like to sing, if we can do a performance. And all these questions were there in their head. And they were so very excited to be a part of it. And it has indeed been a very incredible and a rewarding experience for them because their innate abilities were being highlighted. I remember one of our young adults who's so good at caricature art and she was just confined to making caricature in you itself. And luckily she had the opportunity to make a caricature for one of the GAP volunteers. 
and the way she was rewarded about it at the stage and everybody clapped so loudly she felt so enthusiastic and uh, her confidence level indeed it increased so much that the next day she made probably three caricatures for all the three teachers at the ngo so it has been a very very rewarding experience for all the neurodiverse young adults at sharia Oh, yes, that is so great to hear. And I remember that caricature she made of one of our teammates, Belen. It was so good. I was really impressed at how much it looked like her. Yes, yes, indeed. And she works so charismatically on all the detailings. She even had a logo of a t-shirt drawn right. so accurately. Fortunately, we could uh, capture those moments and we had the pictures. And even till date, when we show her that, she smiles. and uh, that is indeed very very incredible to witness yeah and that was part of our purpose for that event to celebrate strengths and to really highlight what autistic people are capable of you know a lot of times we keep hearing the deficits and the needs which is important to think about when we're determining accommodations but at the same time they need to be celebrated also of course of course i mean uh, i think positive reinforcement works in direct relationship to their performances we have witnessed it every day every day with little mm-hmm. appreciation of their work i mean they can do wonders they can do wonders mm-hmm. and these kind of reinforcement like the haiti event and their skills being rewarded and applauded they actually worked so well for our neurodiverse young adults that the rest who were not part of the event they are so looking forward to it that they were also performing better the next day that okay ma'am in the next event we are going to be a part of the gap high tea so they are oh. all looking forward to it now and that is a thing that they are aiming to go to yes absolutely hopefully we can come back soon Of course we are all waiting for you guys. <laughs> What were some of your takeaways from our visit there because you know our team was so impressed and we learned so much about what's possible. You know when you think about vocational skills and a residential home, you know there's a lot that still needs to be developed even in the US. So, you know it was just so so inspiring to see the great work that you guys are doing there. So what was it like for you guys on your side? to have that day of collaboration with our team. So uh, indeed it was really equally educational for us to have you all there at our campus in Palwal and also for the high tea starting with the ice breaking games. They were so good. Our trainees participated so well and they had such a fun time. I would also like to tell you that we do a disability sensitization workshop. in various schools and various colleges corporates offices and there we start our workshop with the ice breaking game and one of our trainees only came up with the suggestion that what we did with Rachel ma'am was so much fun that we want to do it in our own uh, workshop when we go there and now we are all planning we are all heads up uh, to infuse those ice breaking games in our workshop also because they enjoyed it so much i think the best part about the whole event at the palwal was that it how joyful it was i mean all the games all the activities they were so joyful i mean even till like 3 4 days even today like uh, they are not over they are not yet over with all those words and all those terminologies that were there uh, in the game i mean how <laughs> they would like just make like little horns on the head and just switch <laughs> positions that thing has so resonated with them i think it has created a very very positive memory for them we always believe that it is it should be a joyful pursuit of excellence so joy comes really first i mean it should be a happy process and i think that's what they experienced while all the gap members were there great oh i'm so happy to hear that take it all run with them run with all of the game and you know one of our topics of discussion that day was your passion station and you know this could be a memory of a person maybe in your case one of the trainees who whenever you're feeling kind of tired or burnt out it's something that you think about to kind of refuel your passion 
So I wasn't at your table, but if you don't mind sharing what your passion station is, this could be maybe related to like a success story. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. I would love to share that each of a young adult, every day we witness so many stories like these. Every day is such a rewarding experience to witness them grow. And one of my favorite stories would be one of the young adults. I mean, uh, they get their wages. When they complete their work, they get their wages for doing the packaging for the car kits or either Diwali stipends for painting the diyas. So one of our interesting young adult once stated that he was collecting the wage that he got in his piggy bank. It was a small amount, but he said, ma'am, I'm going to buy a Fortuner car one day out of this money and uh, you will be the first person to sit next to me. Oh, <laughs> so that moment was indeed very, very special, very, very yeah. special. And I, I also introspe- introspected that how ungrateful we all are. I mean, we get our uh, salaries every month and how unnoticeable we are about that fact. And uh, we're just not saying such kind words to anybody for that matter. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, we really have a lot to learn from neurodivergent people, I think. Of course, of course. And uh, the second one would be the Mother's Day when they made uh, sweet cards and uh, sort of expressed their gratitude. I mean, they never ever leave any occasion to express gratitude and love towards all their educators and everybody around for that matter. So that is something which I think all of us should learn. While visiting Soram and Chandigarh, we attended the morning assembly, observed the classrooms, and engaged in leadership training with the teachers. Later that afternoon, our SkillCore team combined their professional expertise with what they had learned from autistic voices and NGO representatives in order to design a parent training presentation for the families at Soram. This collaboration with Sangeeta sparked meaningful discussions and motivated parents to see the bigger picture in their children's futures. Here's Sangeeta again, sharing her takeaways from the parent training session and her goals for Soram. When I was talking with the self-advocates and while I was thinking about where are we falling short, why aren't we able to create a success? So it's not that we don't have children or adults who can go and work outside. But there are a lot of limitations from the parent's side. And that's where we thought of, like in Chandigarh, we want to do a parent workshop. So the parent workshop was more of a stimulation for them to kind of understand that, okay, this is the high time you need to get our children either out of the self-protective zone, you know, that umbrella thing like, oh, my child can't do it. This can't happen. You know, topics like safety versus independence. I don't know. My son cannot do. My daughter can't go. She's 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 vulnerable. All those things. So that's where I thought that all the topics that were chosen by the uh, skill corps were very, very amazing. Taking them through the journey of like how we can prepare. What is it that we have to start as a parent or ask from any NGO or the training center to start with the young adult or adolescent because this was the parents that we called were all adolescents and adults. We didn't call our younger uh, younger parents. So it was the stimulation like, okay, let's do something to have that kind of desire that if something is happening in Delhi, it's not, we're not talking about US, something is happening in Bangalore, in Delhi, why can't we do it over here? So all those topics, the four topics that were chosen by the uh, Skill Corps, they were wonderful and very thoughtfully chosen to arouse that desire in parents, I would say that, okay, let's work on it and my child can work too. Mm, Great. You know, throughout the trip, we were talking a lot about with our team, what are your commitments to your community back home? So now having processed and had time to reflect on the trip, Sangeeta, what are your commitments moving forward to your students and the families at Soram? So definitely working more on the programs that will help my children to get the employment outside, not just work in the sheltered workshop that we have, because somewhere we got into the complacent zone of children working at a sheltered workshop and not trying too hard for their open employment. So definitely, as I, you know, 
the last day I said like 10 people for the open employment 2024 is going to be my success story. So that's what the determination is. I Maybe I'm thinking too big right now. No, not at all. You have to think big. Yes. Yeah. So maybe I'll reach somewhere. So my goal is for the 10 people. Yes, of course. I know last two years, like there were only two adults that we could be were able to place them. Uh, the other two that we placed them, they came back and I want to really understand why, where did we go wrong and what was the other part of the training that we need to impart so that they can go and work outside. I really want to learn from them because that was like, oh, maybe I don't know what happened, but I really want to learn from what's wrong and start working on those programs like soft skills, other things that uh, really are very high on my mind that even if it's not Sorum students, we are going to develop a program for all the adults whosoever wants to come and do it. So not only for the adults that we have, but creating a program and a curriculum for all the adults to have the social skills, the soft skills, other things that are required for them to learn. And also the second part is definitely getting in touch with the all entrepreneurs and talking to them that what are the things that they require and taking that into consideration, holding our programs for the skill sets. And that's a wrap of part one of our special SkillCore episodes. Tune in next week to hear Team India's personal and professional takeaways from the trip, as well as their advice to future SkillCore travelers. Do you have a personal or professional connection to autism? Are you looking to collaborate with others on a meaningful life-changing adventure? Again, we're currently taking applications for trips in 2024. Join us today at skillcore.globalautismproject.org and use the coupon code AUTISMPODCAST to waive the application fee. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at autismknowsnoborders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.